On episode 215 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to watch the ball and scan your opponent. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everyone, this is Mirban, and I hope you're having a great week and are playing some tennis and enjoying the U.S. Open. And today we're going to talk about how to watch the ball effectively and also track your opponent. And this is a very important topic that I've struggled with before, and I still do sometimes, and I know a lot of you do as well, especially through hearing your questions to me. Some of them do involve uh, these elements, so we're going to go through them today. Before we do, I just want to give you my pun of the day. I might continue this tradition. Well, I guess it's not a tradition, is it, since it's the first time, but I may do it depending on how much hate mail I get, so here we go. Why wasn't anyone surprised that the apple and the orange both made the finals of the tournament? Well, because they were seeded, right? Right? Okay, let's get on to the episode now. Uh, You can stop smacking your heads. Okay, so this episode, I have to credit uh, Faisal Hassan, who I've had on the Tennis Summit every year in the springtime, I think. Um, Yes, so he is a USPTA Master Professional and a USPTA Mid-Atlantic Hall of Famer. And so he's done this this presentation uh, a few times uh, where he's covered how to properly watch the ball and, you know, really track your opponent and when to do each, which is very important too, because a lot of us mix up when we're doing one versus the other. And so, I mean... Why do we want to watch the ball? This is because we obviously want to strike the ball cleaner. We want to avoid costly errors like shanks and mishits, and we want to help our overall concentration. And, you know, when I mentioned that I've struggled with this, uh, with watching the ball, you know, I used to, I still have a pretty whippy forehand, especially, but a lot of times, like when I hit my forehand, I would whip my head to the left side and I'm a righty. And so that caused quite a bit of, of uh, mishits. And I do notice that when I keep my eyes on the contact point longer, I hit a much cleaner stroke. And, you know, you don't need to look at your target in order to hit the ball there. You know, you just, through all your years of training or however long you've been playing, uh, you can direct the ball with the swing itself, keep your eyes where the contact point is, and you're going to hit the ball there. So uh, I've given you why we want to watch the ball, but why do we want to track the opponent? So this is a really helpful thing to do. It's because we get cues on where the ball is going, the quality of the ball that's being struck, you know, what type of spin and speed is going to be on that ball, and then also your opponent's court positioning. So we're going to cover three concepts today. And again, big credit to Faisal for these concepts. That's you know pretty much what I do on this podcast and on the summits. I bring the best coaches on and learn from them. So we're kind of 
recapping these concepts from Faisal, but the three are tracking, zooming, and scanning. As I mentioned, it's very important to know when these phases occur, and obviously I'm going to go through them right now. So when the ball is coming to us, that is tracking. That's the tracking phase, when the ball is coming to us. So as soon as your opponent is hitting the ball, you start tracking the ball. And the tracking phase is from when the opponent hits the ball until the ball bounces on your side of the court. So as I alluded to earlier, a mistake that players make is that they watch the opponent when the ball is coming to them. Or maybe you're looking at something else for whatever reason. Somebody is shaking their fists at you. Uh, I don't know. But uh, mainly it's just that you're watching the opponent uh, instead of the ball at this phase. And the slower that you start tracking the ball, that means that you're going to have less time to react, which as we know, know, the ball can be coming at us very quickly uh, a lot of times, most of the time. So we do want to start tracking as soon as possible. And so there are some really great and simple drills to help you track the ball. And one of them is the bounce hit drill. So with this one, pretty simple. You obviously want to be tracking the ball as soon as the opponent hits the ball. And then when the ball bounces on your side of the court, you say bounce. And then when you hit the ball, you say hit. And then the next drill is the one, two, three hit drill. So this has a few more elements. When the opponent hits the ball, you say one. When the ball crosses the net and is coming toward you, you say two. When the ball bounces on your side of the court, say three. And then when the ball, uh, sorry, when you strike the ball, then you say hit. And so obviously, I think you'd want to start with the bounce hit drill. That alone is going to help you start tracking the ball much better and then move towards the one, two, three hit drill uh, to practice that even more in depth. And, you know, word on calling out things. Uh, I remember a, an example where calling out the obvious actually helps performance. So they did an experiment, or I actually don't remember whether it's still currently going on or if it was just something that uh, they tried at the time, but Japanese conductors, and maybe somebody who lives in Japan can verify this, just email me, but they call stop when the light turns red and they called go when the light is green, you know, some similar terminology to that. And by doing that, the the number of accidents went down dramatically and think about that you know let's say when you're when you're driving if you actually uh, had the habit of every time the light uh, was was red you would say red and then you'd stop or uh, when the light turns green then you say green and you go I mean that's going to definitely increase your accuracy there so uh, just kind of a, a quick word to say that you know by calling these things out uh, it's going to really uh, help you with uh, with this tracking element, and who knows, maybe you continue it silently um, when you're playing sometimes just to get in the habit. Uh, okay, so that's uh, tracking the ball. Uh, once again, opponent hits the ball, you start tracking until it bounces, and then phase two here is zooming. So zooming is what we do once the ball bounces on our side until we hit it. And this is definitely 
probably my biggest problem area historically. And so the mistakes that people make in the zooming phase, um, including myself, uh, are we take our eyes off the ball too early. And this is the more common mistake. So this causes mishits. And then sometimes players will take the ball off, uh, take their eyes off the ball too late. And then you're going to miss anticipative cues from the opponent, as we'll talk about a little bit later on. But usually it's that first one. And zooming is really important because we hit different shots differently. Uh, so what I mean by this is that, you know, sometimes you're going to get a high ball and apply different technique. You're going to get a low ball and your technique is going to be a little bit different. So without zooming properly, we're not able to properly judge the ball and apply the right technique to the specific shot. So uh, this will obviously cause mishits and errors. So let's say, for example, you know, I practice my zooming properly uh, once the ball bounces on my side of the court. And then I judge very quickly, obviously, through my big brain, <laughs> big brain of mine. Uh, I have no ego, of course. And then I know from, from zooming that I'm going to hit a high ball. So then my take back and technique are going to be slightly different from if I was hitting a ball at waist height. Um, I, I know that because, you know, when I have high balls, I'm, I'm taking the racket back a little bit higher than normal. Uh, and I don't drop the racket head as low. And conversely, if I don't zoom properly and I prepare for a waist height ball, let's say, and then at the last millisecond, I have to adjust my swing path for a high ball, like while I'm swinging the, the racket forward. I just think of uh, the disastrous results. You know, I'm likely going to miss hit the ball or, or get really lucky. I probably will miss hit the ball though. So, the different types of shots that you have to, to kind of um, deduce that are coming through your zooming is, you know, ones out of the air, which I guess is no bounce, obviously ascending balls so where the ball is bouncing up and then you you're hitting it while it's ascending um usually you you think of like a half volley for this type of situation and then a ball that you're striking at the peak so the ball bounces and then you hit it on the rise or at, you know as the ball peaks which is a more aggressive shot or the ball is descending so you hit the ball while it's going down which is a less aggressive shot so uh, people or players complain about their timing, um, but the cause is not zooming properly and then not applying the proper technique to that ball. So properly zooming is going to really help your timing and hitting the ball cleanly. And so with the zooming drills, there's a few. Uh, one is the dot drill. So what you want to do is place a big dot or an object in front of you on the ground, uh, something flat ideally and, and you know bright yellow or some, some nice color that's very obvious and stands out. And then what you do here is once you strike the ball and you have your eyes looking at the contact point, then you want to keep your eyes at that dot. And so hopefully this helps. Like Basically, you want to place the dot so that once you hit the shot, to continue looking at the contact point, or the dot, well, the dot will be like exactly where you're you're looking. So let's say, you know, when I contact the ball at waist height, like if I continue my gaze from where the ball was, it's going to eventually be on the ground. 
and and that's where the dot is. So that could be a little bit confusing, but hopefully that makes some sense. But if that did not make sense, then you can try, or you don't like that drill, then you can try this very simple drill without any equipment needed, which is the 1-1000 drill. And that's where you hit the ball and then you call out 1-1000 before, before you lift your head. So I really like this one. Again, really simple. Uh, you keep your eyes on the contact point when you strike the ball and then you say 1-1000. And, you know, with these things, I mean, in general, um, as I've heard from a lot of coaches, you, is you want to exaggerate the solution. So, I mean, you know, the pros aren't going to hit the ball and then keep their eyes on the contact point and say 1-1000. But in our case, the vast majority of us are not looking at the contact point when we're striking the ball. So we're just exaggerating the solution here, which will hopefully get us to where we want to be, which is keeping our gaze um, throughout the contact. Uh, the next drill is the cap drill. So uh, you just want to uh, wear a hat or a cap. So, you know, cap, I guess, was, is what, what the rest of the world says and hat for us Americans. <laughs> so when we hit the ball, we keep our hat or cap uh, pointed to the net post. So, you know, let's say it's a forehand, you're a righty, the ball bounces, and then you make contact, and then you just keep your cap pointed at the net post. Um, and, you know, maybe for the same timing, 1-1000 one, or however long. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that is the zooming element of all this. And then the third element that you really do want to improve upon is scanning. So after you hit the ball and it travels away from you, that's when you start scanning your opponent. And I remember when I was talking to Faisal during this, uh, this element, I mistakenly used the word, oh, uh, well, the word tracking, and I was asked the question about tracking your opponent, and he said, nope, scanning. So I uh, just use scanning to distinguish. And so the mistake here is that uh, once we hit the ball, we tend to track where the ball is going. But you've got to remember to track when the ball hits the opponent to us. And after we hit the ball, we need to start scanning the opponent and not tracking the ball any longer. So we want to pay attention to how and where the opponent makes contact. And you want to remember the four P's here, all right? So the four P's are the postures, position, preparation, and patterns. 
So with respect to postures,、uh, you want to pay attention to your opponent's balance. So what is the body control of the player, and also the strike zone? So the height of the contact point is the ball in the opponent's strike zone. So contrast this with if the ball is very low relative to the opponent's strike zone or very high. You know, if the ball is in the strike zone, then you're probably going to be in trouble, and they're going to hit an offensive shot. If the ball is way below,、uh, then you know that it's time to look for an opportunity,、uh, potentially a short ball that you can attack. And I've done some strategy videos in the past. You can check out my YouTube channel at tennisfiles.com/slash/youtube. And、uh, with those, one I remember one thing that I've Analyzed and commented on several times was players who just you know it's pretty obvious that a short ball is coming, and you know for whatever reason they don't attack it. They're either just too slow to react or they have a propensity to stick at the baseline. But if you can recognize、uh, the strike zone element,、uh, that alone is going to be really valuable. So that's the postures element. The second one, position. So where's the opponent in the court? Are they inside the court? Are they behind the court? Or you know, behind the baseline? Are they in the alley? So that's obviously very important to see where they are, so you can plan your next shot.、Uh, and then we've got preparation. So how the opponent sets up to hit the shot. Uh, pay attention to their footwork, their bodywork, their balance.、Um, also, one thing to note too is how much do they rotate their body. So, if they rotate their body more, then you're generally getting a much bigger shot. The position of the racket—is、uh, it, you know, very low? Is it very high? How's the setup?、Um, and so that—that's the preparation element. And then the fourth one is the Patterns. So this is something you have to pay attention to and kind of make mental notes, or you know, if you have a pen and paper, you can actually do that. Straight,、uh, just kind of a random、uh, story. I remember playing a, a nationals tournament in Texas. I think it was the 14s, or it may have been 16s. And the, the my opponent was writing notes, and at the time, I I wasn't sure, like you know, whether that was even legal. But turns out this person was writing. Uh, notes on me and keeping a log and、uh, worked out for him, unfortunately for me. <laughs> But、um, you know these patterns they include the mental, physical, technical, or tactical trends and tendencies throughout the match, or maybe known previously if you have played the person or watched match video. On some occasions, I found my opponents on YouTube, and I've been able to learn from that. So you want to pay attention and notice where they hit certain shots in certain situations. You know when they're stretched out wide on your serve. Are they, you know, always lobbing it up? Are they always hitting a cross court return? Are they always trying to, or most of the time going down the line? Or where 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 do they keep hitting their forehand on the run? Where do they keep hitting their backhand return? All these different things are great great things to pay attention to. And all this information gives you anticipative clues on what type of ball the opponent's going to hit, and then where it may be going. So a few drills for this, and there's really a lot of variations. I'll just touch upon a few. 
One is the ball and player drill. So when the ball is coming toward you, you say ball and then you watch the ball. And then when the ball is traveling away from you, you say player and you watch the player. And so this is obviously the scanning phase. So the next drill is where you call out the balance of the opponent. So when the ball comes toward you, you say ball and you watch the ball again. And when the ball is traveling away from you, you call out what the opponent's balance will be. Perfect, average, or poor are the three that you, uh, that you can use here. Uh, there's another one where you call out the strike zone of the opponent. So once again, when the ball comes towards you, you say ball and watch the ball. But when the ball is traveling away from you, you call out what the opponent's strike zone is, high, low, or good. And so uh, this one is pretty easy to forecast, obviously. So if I am hitting a high topspin forehand or whatever ground stroke to my opponent, then I can call out high. And, you know, that's going to give you a cue like, okay, well, they're hitting a really high ball. So let me just kind of have an aggressive mindset and, and look for a short ball. If the ball's low, um, kind of the same thing. Have an aggressive mindset. You Maybe you expect a, a slice, perhaps, if it's the backhand, and look for the opportunity. Or, you know, say if you're approaching and the ball is, is low, then you also uh, look to cut that off, and, and you might expect a, uh, you know, a dipper or... Uh, or a lob, one of those, even though they're kind of different shots. But you kind of get the idea. It's, it's going to help you scan your opponent and, to some extent, be able to predict different type of shots. Uh, and the next one, uh, you know, for these ones, like, the steps are pretty much similar for the first one where you're watching, where you, you know, the ball comes toward you and you say ball and watch the ball. So other ones are, you know, a combination of... Uh, calling out the balance and strike zone of the opponent. You know, you rate it from one to three. Uh, or court positioning, you, you call out the opponent's position on the court. So these are all great drills to, to practice this, uh, the um, scanning element. Uh, apologies if I said the, the wrong terminology before, but um, this one is scanning. So, yeah, and, you know, it can get tricky sometimes with the, uh, the different elements like naming them properly. Um, sometimes you want to say that you're tracking the opponent, but um, for for these purposes, we do want to uh, separate them. So yeah, I hope that you got some, some good tips out of this one. Uh, and again, just to recap, we've got tracking the ball, which as soon as the opponent hits the ball, you want to be tracking and you can use some drills like the bounce hit drill and the one, two, three hit drill. And then once the ball bounces on your side to when you're hitting it, that's the zooming phase. And you can use some uh, drills such as the dot drill and the 1-1000 drill and the cap drill. And this is really important too because uh, if you don't zoom on the ball, then you're not going to use the correct technique for the different type of ball that you're going to hit, whether it's high, low, in your strike zone. And also, you know, recognizing the different types of spins as well. Uh, zooming helps with that too. And then lastly, the scanning. Scanning your opponent as soon as you hit that ball, uh, you know, right after it starts taking off to your opponent's side, you want to pay attention to your opponent, pay attention to their postures, position, preparation, and patterns. And that's going to give you some great clues. Um, you know, I use this all the time 
when I'm, especially when I'm playing doubles too, you know, when you see them out of position, leaning backwards, uh, racket face open, then you're like, it's go time. You know, it's time to, time to poach, time to close the net, things like that. So, um, and as we all know, tennis is a game of a point or two here and there a lot of times and the matches uh, makes all the difference. So I think by practicing these elements, you're going to reduce your errors and also win more points, be in control of more points. And this is a very underrated skill to be able to watch the ball and track your opponent. Which, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to change this title to scan your opponent because it's really tracking the ball and scanning your opponent. So let's do that. All right, cool. I just made the edit on my Google Docs. (laughs) All right, so uh, with that, thanks a lot for listening. And uh, if you want to watch the full Summit session, then you can get all... Uh, the Summit Sessions from Tennis Summit 2021 as well as this one at TennisFilesSummit.com. That's T-E-N-N-I-S-F-I-L-E-S-S-U-M-M-I-T.com. And I will put that link on the show notes page. And we have plenty of fun interviews coming up. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast if you find the podcast helpful. And I do want to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of the show. And this one is by Eleanor Roosevelt. And Eleanor said, with the new day comes new strength and new thoughts. So as always, uh, time to reset. You know, whatever type of day or match you had the previous day, just reset the next day and uh, keep up the positivity and plan for success. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will see you on the next episode of The Tennis files podcast this is marabon signing out thanks for listening to the tennis files podcast for more tips to help you improve your tennis game visit tennisfiles.com